Good morning and welcome to our sermon for this Trinity Sunday. Our focus is our new start locally and globally focused. We're going to look at what is called the Great Commission text, uh, a text that kind of inspires us as a church to be people who have a focus not just on ourselves but outwardly to, to people all over the place to help them to know God's love and God's grace. So let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to, to be your disciples, to be people who have, are learning from you constantly, are learning about how much you love us and how much you love the wider world. Lord, help us as we reflect on today's reading the Great Commission to be better equipped to be your disciples, to, to grow further as your disciples, to know your love deeper, but also to have an understanding of what it means to be equipped by you and to be people who are loved by you and to be people who are involved in your mission. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Then Jesus came to his disciples and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, as you go about your living, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And you'll find that in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 to 20. This text has inspired many people to not just receive Jesus' love, but also to receive Jesus' love and then share it freely to all the people they encounter. And as a church, that's where our focus is at the moment. We are being called to not just receive the love that Jesus has for us, but to be people who are constantly sharing it with others, helping others know about the love that God has for them and what it means to be a follower of Jesus. As we begin, I have a question for you to ponder, to reflect on, to take time to think about, not just today, but constantly in your life. Think about this. What does it mean for the main thing in your life to be making disciples of all people? Imagine if your number one goal in everything you're involved with was to make disciples of Jesus to every person you encountered. Think about what that could mean, how it could change the way you do things, how it could alter the way you approach work, the way you approach your family relationships, the way you approach your shopping, the way you approach your interactions with anyone you meet. Now, there's two ways to view this text. And the first is often when people read it, they feel a burden. We're used to Jesus giving us love and giving us grace and lifting our burdens. But when some people hear this text, they hear this text as a burden. And most likely, and from my discussions with people who do hear this text as a burden, they hear this text as a burden because they think it's all about what they have to do, all about how good they have to be, how, how much they have to perform. But I would like to encourage you to view this text in another way. To view this text not so much about what you have to do and do alone, but to view this text in a way that it is about what God is aiming to do through you and me. What God is at work and planning to do through you and me. You see, we're involved in God's mission, not our own mission. God has given us the Holy Spirit, as we talked about last week on Pentecost. He continues to be with us so that we can fulfill his mission. So when you read this text, think about it. It's kind of God opening the doors and saying, hey, hey, Richard, this is what I intend to do through you, to be a person as you live your life, to be focused on 
making disciples. I intend to help you make disciples who follow me. So think about it in that way, that this text is really about what God is at, how God is at work through us so other people get to know him and his love. Now, there's some key things for us to note as we look at this text that help us understand what it means to make disciples. And the first is important. The first is we don't need to have it all together. We don't need to know everything about God to be a disciple maker. And it's interesting that this text has been chosen for Trinity Sunday because Trinity Sunday really reveals to us it's impossible to know everything about God. When we talk about God, the Father, Son and Holy Spirit, it starts to get beyond our mind. It starts to get a, it's a concept of telling us that God is involved in everything, but how it all works, it's not always easy to explain. You see... The setting of this text is this, just as the first few verses have this part of the story. The disciples had gathered and they were there waiting for Jesus. So imagine that, they're all waiting for Jesus. And Jesus had noticed something. He noticed they were worshipping him, but he also noticed at the same time they were doubting him. It said this, when they, the disciples, saw him, that is Jesus, they worshipped Jesus, but some doubted. They didn't have it all together. And I'm sure that from time to time you have doubts about Jesus. You have questions. You wonder. You think, what's going on? Or, I don't fully understand God. Well, you're not alone. Most honest Christians would say they go through the same thing. But here's the good news for us. That doesn't exclude us from God's love. Neither does it exclude us from being involved in helping others follow Jesus. And so I'd encourage you to, to keep that in mind. That you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have everything together. You don't have to be fully understanding everything about God to be able to share who God is and his love with others. Secondly, and the reason, sorry, the reason why is because Jesus, not you, is the hero of your story. And that's important. We live our lives as disciples of Jesus, not to talk about how good we are, not to be sharing how much we've got it all together because of Jesus, but we share our story with Jesus as the hero. We share our story helping people see that Jesus is the most important thing, the most important person in our lives. Think about it for a moment, what it means for God to be the hero of your story. For me, it means it's less about how good I look. It's less about hiding my flaws. It's less about what I do. Now, what I do is important, but it's not about necessarily what I do, my story. But it's more about what God, more about that God is essential for me. It's more about being thankful that God accepts and forgives me, that he gives stuff to me even though I don't deserve it, that he offers me forgiveness even before I start asking for it. And it's more about what God is doing through me, which is where this part, this text fits in. God calls us to be his disciples, to be people sharing his grace, sharing his love in situations where we allow God to do the work. And so think about what it means for you to be the God, to be the hero of your story. As a pastor, it's from time to time I come across Christians who are worried about how they look 
And you can hear it in their language and what they say and how they go about life. I'm worried about that we've got to look good, that things have to look right. But if that's what people are seeing and hearing, that being a Christian is about looking good and looking perfect, they're going to miss the main part. They're going to miss the gospel that God has for them. Because that's not what God's looking first for. What God is looking at is how he can help people, how he can save people, how he will care for people, even those who can't give him anything back. And so that's why we don't need it all together. Because we can rely on God's grace, God's love, God's mercy. St Paul put it this way. Therefore, I glory in Christ Jesus in my service to God. I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me in leading the Gentiles to obey God by what I have said and done, by the power and signs and wonders, through the power of the, of the Spirit of God. So from Jerusalem all the way around to Ilias, Ilias come, I have fully proclaimed the gospel of Christ. You see, Paul continually said it's not what he's doing, it's what God is doing through him, that he was relying on God. Paul had an understanding that without God, he wasn't anything. And so I'd encourage you to, to think about for your own life what it means that God is the hero of your story, that God keeps forgiving you, keeps helping you, keeps providing for you, that God is the one who's created the future for you. And it's not about you living up to a certain expectation of God, but you relying on what God's prepared to do for you. And that's what the message of the cross is about, really, isn't it? It's the message of Jesus coming into this world because we couldn't save ourselves. We could never be perfect enough to gain the gift of heaven. We could never do enough good works to gain the gift of heaven. We could never do them good enough. See, the story of God is the gospel of Jesus Christ coming into this world. And if you think about Trinity Sunday, you actually see that God doesn't just give us salvation. He's given us everything in creation. Everything around us is dependent on God, his gift of creation. But he's also giving us a future with the Holy Spirit guiding us and helping us know Jesus and helping us receive the gift of eternal life. The second important thing for us to note is this. If it's about Jesus, disciple making is about knowing God, his love, forgiveness and grace and sharing that with others. It's not about sharing 10 laws about how to be a great Christian primarily, although there's some good principles. It's not about doing a lot of stuff. It's primarily sharing about who God is, what we have learnt from God. And so... I encourage you to think about for a few moments is, what do you know about Jesus? If someone was to walk up to you today and say, hey, I heard you're a Christian. I heard you go to church. I, I heard you've been watching um, church on YouTube or on the live streaming channel. Um, tell me more about this Jesus you know. Isn't he just about rules? What would you say about him? What would you share with others about him? Think about what you already know about Jesus what you know about his love, his forgiveness and his grace. Write it down and be ready to share it with people when the opportunity arises. 
Because disciple-making is about Jesus. It's about sharing who Jesus is from what we know of Jesus. And that brings us to an important point. We need to have this ongoing relationship with Jesus. The disciples had spent time with Jesus. They had spent time observing him, listening to him, listening to his sermons and teaching, watching him, seeing how he reacted, seeing how he interacted with people. And here they learnt a lot about who this Jesus was and they were prepared and equipped to share him with others and to reflect who truly God was. And not just the God that people had of the Jewish understanding of God, but the the Jesus understanding of God, a God who loves all people, a God who is focused on forgiveness and grace. The third thing to remember is that the context of this story is that Jesus is near the end of his earthly ministry. He's died on the cross, he's risen from the grave, he's now about to ascend into heaven. And so the disciples are going to be left on earth. And really this is, as I said at the start, God opening up the doors and revealing to the disciples how he's going to continue to work with them and work through them. But here's the other interesting fact, is that he makes a promise that he's going to be with his disciples to the very end of the age. And this is not just a, a therapeutic thing like, oh, I'm going to be with you um, to hug you and comfort you. This is a, a very deliberate tactic of God's that he's going to be with us to the end of the age to continue to guide us, to continue to help us in our discipleship-making mission that he has given us. Now, here's some of the interesting facts about this God with us. If you look at the book of Matthew, you'll see it, this concept of God with us on earth is introduced in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, near the start of Jesus' birth, where Jesus is called Emmanuel, and Emmanuel means God is with us. And then near the end of Matthew, in fact, near the very last verse, we hear that same message that God is going to be with us. Jesus is going to be with us to the very end of the age. And so whenever you walk out in the street, whenever you go to work, whenever you're in your family, wherever you are, remember God is with you. And he's particularly with you to help you to make disciples of all nations, to to guide you, to give you an opportunity to share his love and grace. And the best way to do that, in many ways, is to rely on what God says in the scriptures. As I interact with many people in the world, they have their own perception of what God is on about. And we too can have the same sort of things, a a non-biblical perception of what God is on about. What I invite you to do is share the stories that you have learnt, that you have discovered, that have been shared with you about who God is, that God is truly a God of love and forgiveness. And that is God being with us. The third notable, fourth notable thing to be aware of that, that is in today's text is that Jesus has authority in every situation for every person on earth. In verse 18 we hear, Then Jesus came to the disciples and said, All authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Now I find it interesting throughout, throughout church life that I've encountered some people who feel that God's only with them on Sunday mornings. You know, and I've had people say to me, oh, I can only worship God in a church building in this particular time of the day. 
Well, that's not what the scripture says. The scripture says God is with us always, everywhere we go. And so I encourage you to remember that God has not only with us, but he has authority in every situation. And one way to view this is God has authority in every situation for you to be involved in making disciples of all, all people and all nations. So I'd like you to take a few moments to think about what does it mean for me to be in a situation that I have in my week, whether it be work, home, sporting life, doing your shopping, doing another business transaction, in whatever you're involved with, what does it mean for you to be in those situations and Jesus to have authority for you to make disciples? It's not necessarily about coming in and telling people they've got to love Jesus because that's actually not what's going on here. What it is is to keep your eyes and ears open to see the opportunities where you can make disciples, where you can share God's love and grace through your actions and through your words and the way you go about life and to, to develop relationships in those situations so people can get to know not just you but they can get to know Jesus. And the fifth notable thing for us to consider from the, the text is what our theme is, is that Jesus reveals that God is for all people. He says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, or therefore, as you go about your living, make disciples of all nations. This is quite a, a, a different perspective of God for the Jewish people. Now, remember, Matthew is written mainly for a Jewish audience, and what Jesus is saying here, he says, I'm not just for the Jews, I'm also for the Gentiles. I'm for everybody. We know God wants to love everybody and he wants everybody, Jews and Gentiles, in his family and kingdom. And as a church, that's what our call is. And often we'll say, yeah, we're here for all people. But here's the challenge. Are we prepared to adjust, like Paul talks about, adjust our ways, our interactions and what we do to help all people recognise that they are welcomed by Jesus, that they don't have to become mini Richards, but rather they become followers of Jesus. Are we prepared to adjust how we go about life to help people know they're welcomed by Jesus? You see, human nature frequently wants to limit who we serve. We frequently want to say we just want to serve this people, or we're best equipped to serve this people. But here what I've noticed about God is this. As soon as I start limiting God, that I, I just want to limit to who I serve, God brings into my presence people outside that group. And I'm pretty sure that's God at work. God wants to broaden who he serves and he wants to broaden who we serve. And so I invite you just to take a few moments to think about who are the people currently in your life? Who are the people you are interacting with? Not just the people you're comfortable with, but who are the people you are interacting with? And also think about now, who might be being introduced to you? So over the next 6 to 12 months, think about who are the people coming into your life that God may be calling you to share his love, his grace, his mercy with, to develop a relationship with so that they can know how good he is and the future he's not just offering you, but he also offers them. So just to recap on our five points in living 
and you start locally and globally. The first is we don't need to have it all together. We don't need to be perfect before we start sharing Jesus. We don't even know to need to know everything about God. We simply need to be prepared to share what we know about God and in fact have some humility. I think sometimes one of the things I shock some of my congregation members is they'll ask me a question and I'll say, I don't know, let's try to discover it from the scriptures. And sometimes we get a clear answer and sometimes we, we get a number of possibilities but we don't get a clear, absolute clear answer. But that's helping people see who God is, helping people know who God is. The second thing, if, if, it's, if our life is about Jesus, our main story is about Jesus, disciple-making is not about talking about ourselves, but it's talking about Jesus, about sharing and what we know of Jesus, his love and forgiveness and grace with others. The third thing is to remember that God is always with us, particularly for the purpose of helping others know his grace and mercy and love. And can I encourage you, if you think making disciples is not your cup of tea or it's too hard, can I encourage you to start with prayer, to simply to spend time praying to God, to say, God, help me, show me how to make disciples. Give me some guidance. And I'm sure God will answer your prayer. The fourth thing is that to remember is that Jesus has authority in every situation over every person on earth. Jesus is relevant to everything we're involved with and to every person. Now, someone once asked me, if that's the case, does that mean if I pray to God, Jesus is going to make my football team win every week? I half joked and said, not when they're playing my team. But also, think about this. If you're involved in football, think about that God may be what you involved in football, not to win a game every week, but to be able to be a place where you share his grace and love and mercy. And likewise, the same with your workplace. Likewise, the same with your family, the same in anything you're involved with. And fifthly, all people should be our focus because all people are God's focus. So I just want to end with uh, just something for you to think about. Our focus, your focus and mine in life, is to make disciples by introducing and connecting people to the Jesus we know and the grace we've experienced, wherever we are. And then to help them to remain connected to Jesus. You see, being a Christian is not like a university course where you you do a course for three or four years and you graduate. Being a Christian is about constantly learning from Jesus, about constantly spending time with Jesus, spending time with other disciples who are following Jesus and being shaped by Jesus and allowing Jesus to shape you. But then as you learn, you use what you learn progressively to help others to know about Jesus, to share about Jesus. In other words, we never graduate from being a Christian. In fact, it's a lot lot like a lifetime apprenticeship. We're always learning and we're always actively involved in sharing about Jesus. Because our aim is to help others to live a life of connecting to Jesus, to know him and to know his grace and love. So they too live with us and God in eternal life. Let us pray. 
Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for the wonderful gift of eternal life and the love you have for us. We also thank you for the privilege of being people who are part of your mission, to be people who are involved in making disciples of all nations. Lord, as we interact with people, may people know more about you and less about us. May people know more about your love, your grace, your mercy, and less about what we, we have done or succeeded at. Lord, we thank you that you have a love for all people in the world. May we too have that love. And we pray that your spirit continues to help us to, to grow as disciples and to be guided in what we do and how we live. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.